Is everyone having a good morning? I hope so. It's good to see you. It's always an honor and a privilege to be able to come and bring God's Word on a Sunday morning. Um, if you're visiting, I only get about twice a year, so this is my, my second time. And um, I've been in Proverbs. The last several sermons I've had, I've been in Proverbs. So I wanted to continue in Proverbs um, this morning. So if you'll begin to find your way to Proverbs chapter 22, verses 17 through 21. That's where we're going to be in just a few moments. Well, as you know, Jason's out of town. Um, we have several families that are out of town. You can tell. I was kind of joking when I, when I saw people coming in, and I said, well, we, we're going to be about half the size that we were last week because we had a full house the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm thankful that y'all came, and, and I pray this is going to be a great day. But, but look forward to coming back next week. Jason's going to be kicking off 1 Corinthians, and this is really going to be a great study. Um, I encourage y'all to, to be here, invite your friends, invite your family. Um, 1 Corinthians is just going to be a great, great time in the Word. So let's just start today by, by reading our, chap, or our passage, chapter 22, 17 through 21 of Proverbs. Beginning in verse 17, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Have I not written for you? 30 sayings of counsel and knowledge to make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you. Let's pray. Father God, I just come to you today and I thank you for this word, this beautiful passage of scripture in the Proverbs. I ask you to bless this time. Um, Father, we need you here. This is not about the preacher. This is not about the person standing here. This is about you. Father, I pray that those that are here are here to focus on you and receive the word that you have. We thank you again for all you do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, we always like to put things in a little bit of context as we get started. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there if you want to go back. We did a series in Proverbs at the end of last year, and Jason spent a good deal of time the very first week um, really kind of detailing out um, the whole context of what Proverbs looks like, and that was on October 14th of 2018. So I would encourage y'all to go back and review that sermon to get some more detailed context about the book of Proverbs. But I do want us to remember that this is considered a wisdom literature. There are different types of literature within the scripture, and Proverbs are considered a wisdom literature. Solomon wrote a large portion of the Proverbs inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, if you go back and listen to that sermon on the 18th, you'll hear that Jason talks about several different authors that have been in the Proverbs. So that would be good to do if you go back and listen to that. But Solomon did write a large portion of those. It's also important to mention that he was considered or is considered the wisest man in the world. So why else should we not listen to him? Not only is it God's word, but he 
is considered the wisest man who has lived. Now, as we always say here, um, we know that God's word is not written to us. We've said that multiple times. I just want to reiterate that. It's not written to us, but it is written for us. So the Proverbs are very much applicable, applicable to our lives today. They're important to our lives today, and that's why we read them, that's why we study them, and that's why we're in this proverb today. So the title of today's sermon is, Who Are You Listening To? Um, I wanted to start out here to kind of explain where I was going with this. Um, I would like you to make, kind of in your mind, or if you're taking notes, make a list of people that you listen to. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably not the only one in here who listens to other pastors or, um, don't tell Jason I said that, I'll delete that out of the recording, um, listen to other pastors or podcasts or read. How many of you read books? You know, we read books, we listen to things. So just kind of make a list either mentally or if you're taking notes, um, write that down. Um, because these things are things that influence our life, especially if you're reading things that are heavily influential in your life. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about, things that you're reading or listening to that are heavily influential in your life. So you may be thinking, why is this important? Why should we do this? Why should we evaluate who we're listening to? It's important because who we're listening to and reading informs how we live our lives. Would you agree to that? All right, it informs how we live our lives. And if it's something that has a heavy influence on us as believers, we should make sure that it's grounded in God's Word, which is the truth. It's not a truth. It's not one of the truths. It's the truth, okay? So we have to realize that. You hear all kinds of people talking about truths in the world, but we're talking about the truth. Our elder selected reading was 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, and it reads, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now, I believe, um, you may agree or disagree, but I believe we're seeing this play out in our world today, in our society, in our churches even. You may think, in our churches, what are you talking about? Um, it is playing out in our churches. Just believe me, you could do a little research and see that. So we come back to this question. How do we evaluate who we're listening to? Simply put, we must know God's Word. We must have a good handle on what Scripture teaches. And that brings us to where we're at today. That's what's beautiful about this proverb. Our text that we read a few minutes ago, it's an introduction to the next set of proverbs. So you, you heard he mentioned these 30 sayings. Um, Solomon collected those and included those in the proverbs, inspired by the Holy Spirit to do so. Solomon wrote this introduction we're looking at, 
And then these next 30 sayings that he's talking about, those were collections of wisdom that he um, basically collected from other sources. So when we talked about that the Proverbs are written by different people, this is one of those sections. But Solomon wrote this introduction that we're looking at today, and he would only include these in the Proverbs if they were inspired to do so by the Holy Spirit. So that's important to remember. Within this introduction that we just read, there is a direct appeal for the reader or audience. That includes us today. There's a direct appeal to listen, apply, enjoy, and share God's words. So if you're taking notes, that's, that's how we're basically going to break this down today. This appeal to listen, apply, enjoy, and share God's word. So I'm going to reiterate just a little bit to make sure we're on the same page moving forward. We evaluate who we are listening to. Does everybody have their list? Everybody raise your hand if you have a list. Okay, a few people have a list. I'd like to see your hands up. So we evaluate who we're listening to or reading by knowing God's word. And how do we know God's word? We must listen to it, apply it, and share it. We must listen to it, apply it, and share it. So let's move into verse 17 of the passage we have today. We're going to take a closer look at Solomon's exhortation here. Verse 17 reads, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. So incline your ear. Have any of you ever talked to a child before? Maybe. Most of us have talked to a child before. What is one of the things that we do when we speak to a child? We, we listen intently, but we lean down. How many of you kind of get down like this and try to get on their level? We do that. We're inclining. That's, that's the picture. That's a good picture of what it looks like to incline, to really focus in. I like to use the term lean in. If you hear me up here once or twice a year, a lot of times I'll say, let's lean in and see what the Scripture says. Um, that's a good picture of what it means to incline. Then we move on to the word hear. All right. This is a good word because in the Hebrew, the original word means to listen. So if you look at the original Hebrew where it it's translated here in the Hebrew. The definition for that is to listen. So it's important to define what listening listening is. Um, we hear stuff. How many of you hear things that are going on? But listening is a more intentional thing we do. Listening is something you consciously choose to do. Is that right? How many times do you hear people talking? Which some of you may be doing that right now. You're just hearing people talking. <laughs> But you have to choose to consciously listen. It requires concentration so that your brain processes meaning from words and sentences. So it's an active thing that you do with your brain. You listen intently. You focus in. 
I always have told my kids when you're speaking to an adult or anyone, really, you look them in the eye. That's a way to let someone know that you're focused in and listening to them. You're paying attention to them. So that's the picture I want you to get when you see the word here in this. It's, it's something we're doing. We're consciously focused in on God's word. And then when we move to the next phrase, words of the wise. The Hebrew word for word means speech or word, and then it's ultimately translated as the word of God. And what I found that was cool about this is that um, when the Hebrew was translated into Greek, the Greek word for this is logos. And that's a huge word. If you don't know that, take note of it. It's a huge word because um, logos is seen throughout the New Testament. The New Testament was written in Greek, the Old Testament in Hebrew. Hebrew. So the word logos was prominent throughout the New Testament as the word of God. So it's huge. And then even in John chapter 1, 1 through 18, just write that scripture down and go read it because it's an amazing scripture. John 1, 1 through 18. John declares the essential word of God, the logos or logos that we just talked about as Jesus. It's beautiful, beautiful picture. This is huge for us because that means it includes the entire canon of our scripture. In context that we're looking at, Solomon is speaking directly to the, to the 30 sayings that are going to be following the introduction. And those are important for us as well. But today, since we have the entire canon of Scripture in the context of that, it's very important for us to understand that we have that, that we have that whole Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. So, if that's not a good enough reason to incline and listen, do you think that's a good enough reason? If it's not, here are a few other reminders that I'd like to share with you. You can write these verses down as well. Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and a marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Well, there's a lot you could go into this. This could be a sermon in itself. But the point is that this word, this scripture right here, is living and active. It's not just a book. It's a living and active. It's God's special revelation to us as believers. If you've never heard the term special revelation and general revelation, this is God's special revelation to us. It's specially for his children. So this is huge. It discerns the intentions of our heart. You know, God is concerned about our heart. He knows our heart. He knows what's in our heart. He knows our thoughts, our desires, and he is concerned about that. And this book... As we read this, they discern the intentions of our heart. They convict us. They bring us to points of confession and repentance. It's just a beautiful thing as a living word of God. 
And then 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So if anything else, this tells us that all of Scripture, again, is breathed out by God. It's inspired. The writers who wrote Scripture, they were inspired to do so by God. And it's used for teaching and training, correction. All these things. This is why we teach the Bible. This is why the Bible is so important to everything we do. This is why the Bible should be center to people that you listen to that influence your life. If you're listening to other pastors or other people who claim they are Christian, guiding your life. It's important to understand that. So let's move on down to verse 17, continuing in verse 17. It continues and says we should apply God's word. This is simply a call to pursue and obey what God's word says. A call to pursue and obey what God's word said. So if we're, if we're listening to his words, if we're really leaning in, then we're going to want to pursue. We're going to have a desire to pursue and obey. James 1, 21 through 25 reads, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Go back to what we talked about. There's a difference between hearing and listening. So be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Stop right here for a second, because here's the issue. Sometimes if we're just hearers of the word, and maybe we think that we're listening and following the word, we could be deceiving ourselves, and that's something that we need to consider. So just make a note of that. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who, who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So this is important. We don't want to be a forgetful person of the word. We don't want to just hear it casually and forget what it says. We want to listen to it intently and hide it in our hearts. We want to remember it. We want to let it have a serious application in our lives. So we want to be a doer, a pursuer a doer and a pursuer, not a hearer, okay? Is everybody with me? Are we all still awake? So if we can understand the importance of listening and applying God's word, this is important for us. If we understand this and we take it seriously, then this next verse, verse 18, should come pretty naturally. And what that is is that we enjoy and share God's word. We enjoy and share God's word. Verse 18 reads, For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you. 
if all of them are ready on your lips. This simply means that we enjoy and find pleasure in God's Word, and we're always ready to share. So there was a time in my life I was saved at the age of 21, um, the first several years of my Christian life, I had a struggle with this. Um, I had a struggle with picking up this book, this holy word of God, and finding joy in it. Has anybody else been there before? So what I did, I went and sought counsel from, from my pastor at that time, a very wise man, and he encouraged me to pray that God would give me a desire and a passion for his word so that I could enjoy it and just love getting into it. And that's what he did. That's what God did. So I say that because I want to encourage you. If there's anybody in the room today, if you're sitting here thinking, well, I'm here, but man, I still struggle getting in God's word. It's a struggle for me. Go to the Lord and pray and talk to him and ask him for that desire to read and get into his word and to have a passion and love for it. He will answer that prayer. And then we always need to be ready to share. Scripture tells us we should hide God's word in our heart. Um, He gives us opportunities in our workplace. He gives us opportunities on a daily basis. Maybe when you go out to eat after this church service, the waiter or waitress that you have may need to see a picture of Christ today. And he gives us those opportunities to share. So we need to have the word available. And we can't do that if we don't know his word, if we don't have a good handle on what his word is saying. So just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you go out into your lives. As you see, you know, God puts people in your path that he wants you to share with. And sometimes we completely miss it. So walk through your life with the lens of Christ, looking for those opportunities, because I guarantee you God is putting opportunities in your life for you to share his word to those around you. So why are these things we've discussed important? And that takes us to verse 19 and 21, or 19 through 21. They're so important so that our trust may be in the Lord. So that our trust may be in the Lord. And we will be able to give sound, reliable answers. Verse 19 reads, That your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. I have not written for you thirty sayings of counsel and knowledge, to make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you. So again, this is important, so that our trust may be in the Lord and we will be able to give sound, reliable answers. Because you know what? There's going to be questions. How many of you have shared your faith? I'm going to take another poll, see if you're still awake. But how many of you have shared your faith and there's been questions? Yes, there will always be questions. You need to be able to have sound, reliable answers. And the only way that you can do that in a God-honoring way is to know his word. So we trust or find refuge in what our lives are are committed to. Would you agree to that? 
There are some in the world that are committed to certain things that are not the, the Bible. They put their trust and their refuge in that. Maybe it's their career or, or money or whatever things that they put their trust in. So as believers, it's important that we put our trust and commitment in the Lord and in doing so in his word. The psalmist paints a beautiful picture of this in Psalm 91, verses 1 through 2. This reads, my refuge, my fortress, as the title. And then he starts out, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Abide is a beautiful word too. If you don't know what the word abide is, is, means, look it up. It basically means to remain in. So he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in, in whom I trust. So let him be your refuge and your fortress and the one that you put your trust in. So as we're moving to this part of the sermon where we have some application, you may be thinking, how do we do this? How do we apply this? Um, this was a very applicable sermon um, that Solomon laid out for us in this, in this introduction. So how we apply this is we go back to that first question. We evaluate who we're listening to or reading by knowing God's word. And then we listen to and apply God's word consistently. We can't do it just on Sundays. This isn't about um, a thing that you do on Sunday, this Christian belief. This is something that is a constant in your life. It's your lifestyle. It's 24-7, seven days a week. So you do it consistently. And that leads... That leads us to enjoying and sharing God's word and trusting in him in all circumstances. Because you know what? We're all going to face difficult circumstances. I have, you have, we all have. So at some point, we have to determine who we're going to put our trust in. And I would, I would encourage you to do that in our Lord and in his holy word. So if there happens to be anyone here in here that's, that's a non-believer, um, maybe you sat through this and said, well, this is all, all well and good, but I look at the Bible and I just, I just consider it a book. I really don't um, see this as an important thing. This is, this is the invitation to you. This is our gospel. This is for those of you who don't know Jesus in a personal way, for those of you who may be far from God. So here is the gospel. Jesus' death on the cross, his burial and resurrection is a gift that God gave as a propitiation for all our sins and is offered to all who repent and put their faith in Jesus. And I like to throw the word propitiation in there because I like to use some of these big words because this is the one we need to learn. And propitiation means a sacrifice that bears God's wrath. A sacrifice that bears God's wrath. So in that, 
We are all born into sin. We're slaves to sin. We're separated from God. We're spiritually dead. Um, refer to Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Write that down if you want to go and read. That's a beautiful picture of what it means to come to Christ in faith, going from spiritual death to spiritual life. Then because of his great love and mercy, God makes us alive with Christ. God breathes spiritual life into us. It's nothing that we do. He makes us alive with Christ. So once he begins his work in your heart, he brings you to a place of recognizing and understanding your place in sin. And this will bring you to a point of repentance and belief. It'll bring you to this place that we talk about each week where you repent and believe. So if you've never come to that point, that point of repentance and belief, um, that place of committing yourself to following Christ, don't ignore his calling. Don't ignore him showing you where you are in your sin. Don't do it. Don't ignore his desire for you to repent and believe because that is his desire for you to repent and believe. So that's your application today if you're here and you don't know Jesus in a personal way. Repent and believe. Commit yourself to following Jesus in faith. Now, for those of you looking for a church home, I'm going to shameless, shamelessly plug our new members lunch next week, if I can say that properly. We have a new members lunch next week. Um, we would love for you to come and learn more about our church, and we can go through that membership process with you. So we would encourage you to do that. So as Keith is going to come, I'm going to voice a prayer. He's going to lead us in worship. You can use this time to pray. You can use this time to meditate on what the Lord's been doing in your life. Or you can stand and worship, just however the Lord leads. As always, our elders will be here after the service if anyone needs to talk or have any questions. So I'm going to voice a prayer, and then Keith will begin to play. And then I'll be back up in a few minutes for a final word and a benediction. So if you would, bow, bow with me and let's pray. Father God, we just come to you today and we thank you for this word that you've given, this very applicable word in our lives today. Father, I just ask that you um, take this and, and let those that are here take it with them and study and ponder on it throughout the week and let this be something that they apply to their daily life. Father, don't let this be something that they just go and put down um, I trust that you will continue to work in their lives through this text of Scripture. So I pray that they take it with them and they study it and they look at it throughout the week. Father, for any of those that are here that don't know you in a personal way, I just, I just pray for them directly right now that you may touch their heart and begin a work in their lives that will change them forever. We love you and we thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.